What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mark Rose Podcast. Coming at you live. I feel kind of like a radio host currently. How do I sound? Do I sound like one? No. No? <laughs> Fuck. Uh, and <laughs> the sarcastic slash witty human who just insulted me in my radio voice, or lack thereof, is none other than Selena Gray. Welcome back. Hi, friend. So as part of my ongoing love affair with Organifi, I have been trying all their products. And I have now made part of my morning routine their green juice. And if you don't know what their green juice is, it's essentially like a superfood orgy of, <laughs> I don't know if there's another, there's probably another way to say it, but I don't want to say it another way because that tells you what's happening. Moringa, chlorella, mint, spirulina, beetroot, matcha green tea, wheatgrass, ashwagandha, turmeric, lemon juice, coconut water, all getting in each other's business so they can bring the power of those superfoods to your body. So if this sounds like something that you're like, yo, I want to make that part of my morning routine, especially because you know when you drink green juice sometimes and you're like, oh, that tastes like lawnmower shavings with water. This tastes so good. So if that sounds like something you're like, yo, I want some of that, go to Organifi.com slash create the love and you get a discount at O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash create the love. You get 20% off. Hello. Okay, so we've we've danced a, a few times on this podcast together. We've uncovered some interesting things. You shared some of your story last time. I've shared a bit of mine. And I really, uh, especially in the times that are currently occurring, that we are likely all experiencing a lot of financial uncertainty, experiencing some of us lost our jobs, some of us um, are on furlough, which is really just a, another way of saying we're just not going to have you give you a job right now. There's a lot of stress likely around finance. And so, and it seems like a collective experience. So I wanted to bring you back on to both talk about that, but also how do you navigate all times of financial stress and how do you transform your relationship and create abundance when really we are in a state of, I would say, mentally, in a lot of ways, a large amount of scarcity. Yes. This whole time that we've been, you know, needing to dig in to money and all of the stressors that have shown up is truly a perfect opportunity to start opening up the gateway to the work. You know, if you've been feeling a tremendous amount of pressure or anxiety or fear, this is an invitation for your own healing. And the work is never easy, but is always worth it. Mm -hmm. And the work is the shortcut in this time. So, our only way through having a healthy relationship to money is feeling our way through it. And I really see money as a meaningful relationship. And so if we're all just to take a minute to write down some of our key relationships, would money show up on yours? And for most people, that's a fuck no. I wouldn't even and think about it. No, it's something we've never been conditioned to think about. It's just around us all the time. And of course it's around us, but why don't we see that as invitation for a lifelong journey of nourishment, of giving and receiving and doing the work? Because having a relationship to money, we've talked about this a little bit before, but I want to go deeper. Having a relationship to money is really about having a strong sense of self. And having the confidence and the inner knowing and the enoughness to call in the life that you deserve and to put a stake in the ground for saying, if I don't have that today, I'm going to invite that. And you and I have been doing this work for years. And I think there's never been a better time, even if it feels hard and feels scary, that's how you know you need to do it. That is the work. Am I right? Uh, I hate that truth. Yes, that is true. As soon as it feels hard and scary, you know it's time to roll up your sleeves and get in there because hard and scary is the way through. It's like if we, you know, I think as a collective, we really don't like discomfort. We don't like any inconvenience. We don't, we want everything and we want it now. And we don't want to do the work to understand the things that get in the way. So, you know, I think in a lot of ways, we might experience like little bursts of abundance, but then we don't know how to 
do it long term because we haven't it's like anything, you know, you change your, you learn like a hack in human behavior and how to manipulate people. But at the end of the day, it's like pickup artists, you know, they like learn how to project as if they have high self-worth. But then as soon as someone rejects them, their true self comes out because they haven't done the inner work to actually have high self-worth. They have false self-worth. And that the expectation is money is external only. And that that whole concept of what we call in is rooted from within is not something we've cultivated in this life for nearly all of us. Certainly that's something that I didn't understand until adulthood. And I think this idea of honoring the fact that money is energetic, that we are the creator of our own awareness, that we have an opportunity to call it in when we desire it, whether that's through earning through a job or earning through business. And This idea of listening to our soul's voice as it relates to money, you know, those soft whispers that we often discount because there's so much noise around us. Success is external. Success is power. Well, what the fuck do you want in the first place? We haven't spent time cultivating within our soul and in our body. What do we want with money? You know, for many of us, it comes in and and we, you know, feel, wow, it's here. I need to buy things. And we get external validation instead of just sitting with it and saying, like, how does this nourish me? How can I use this as a way to honor my life now and the legacy I'm building in the future? And so I think that is the abundant thinking, is that we have the opportunity to have awareness for feelings that showcase something deeper, and that's the work. Like the emotion that we're feeling right now in this time of uncertainty is the invitation to say, what's behind that feeling? There's a belief there. There's a conditioned value that we've taken on from childhood. There's um, a belief that we need to eradicate so that we can step into our power, so that we can decide and choose, why can't I have this? Why can't I have more? And then the third thing for me is finding strategies that honor that, that honor the safe container of what we're building. Money is unique, Mark, your story is very different than mine. How we use money to make us feel good is different. And both are okay. You know, if we are all given, you know, $10,000, we would all spend it or save it differently based on Mm -hmm. our perceptions and our values and what we've learned and been conditioned to think. And now if we say, how would I... How would I do that differently? What feels best to me? And I think that's the work that you and I spend a bunch of time in together that we invite everyone else to do alongside us. Yeah, there's so many things that have come up for me in in what you're sharing. One, that, that recognition that when a couple or any two people come together, it could be roommates, whenever you're sharing some sort of expensing and some sort of receiving, that there are two stories that come together. And they, I know that often the research is referenced that money is the number one reason we get divorced, but it's not money that we get divorced. It's the stress and the inability to one, give each other permission for each other's story around money, to even know there is one and to know that they're different. And what I think is so interesting about that is that that is true of all parts of relationship. Like that's true of your childhood. That's true of the way you handle conflict. That's true of all the parts of you that you bring into a relationship. And so many people struggle to understand their own story. So they're often just recreating it throughout their romantic relationships. And I would imagine it, you know, in my experience, that has been true as you sort of look at my experience with my own, um, savings accounts and spending and credit cards just mirrored in some way the beliefs it just expressed differently than my parents like they were much more they grew up in poverty so uh when i was growing up there we did not get things we i was always jealous and resentful of people who had money um they had stuff they got all the things i didn't get you know lot i didn't get lots of new clothes hardly ever and I got one new pair of shoes a year and that was for gym and for, and they would get trashed by, you know, like a month too, cause you're like a young boy. And I, although as an adult, it expressed very differently, they held on to money. They still hold on to money, much respect, mom and dad. But the, for me, I was like, yo, let's make it rain. Like I just gave money away. So even how we handle the wounding of money can be expressed differently. 
Absolutely. And I think having an awareness around the wounding is so pivotal to what we do next. And all of our unique relationship to money that we have from our past and how we, you know, traumas we've had or experiences that have felt threatening, um, we take all that into a relationship. And so that shared relationship also has a money story where two or more people come together and we've not been taught to have honest conversations around money where we can come together or anything. and say like, Right. And feel tender about it. And first of all, we need to learn how to hold space for our own money relationship and what that entails, what it feels like. What is your current relationship to money feel like? We need to have that internal conversation. And then we can take that into a relationship that we share money with, whether that's a business partner or a spouse or whomever you share money with. And to say, okay, what are we doing together? And how have our unique relationships to money and all of the past experiences we had come together? Because, you know, there's going to be conflict. You know, spenders tend to get with savers. And all of that creates opportunities for healing. And more than ever right now, when all of the emotions are high and maybe debt has been never higher and we're just feeling out of control, one of the ways we can take our power back is to say, let's hold space for each other. Let's not show up with judgment like we always have. Let's write this out together and say, let's create an opportunity for us to feel safe inside this money story. So first of all, acknowledging that it exists and then recognizing that your experiences are very different than mine. And that has created wounding for you or places that you feel tender and therefore need safety around. So I'm going to give you a whole bunch of compassion and a whole bunch of empathy for having something very different than me. And how can we take that and not try to pass judgment or not try to fix anything, but to listen and say, I see you. I hear you. I honor you. Now, what can we do together? Because that's going to just take down the guard and the anger and all of the past. And does it always work? No, both parties have to show up with the intention to hold space for what's possible, but it can diffuse high emotion, high trigger, high anger. And that's an invitation to find things that work for the team or the unit, the core family that shares money together. It's amazing the shame that is elicited by how we've maybe poorly spent money or we have credit. I mean, when I got my first credit card, no one taught me how to use it. You know, it was like, I think I had a $400 limit and they hit that limit real quick. You know, yeah, you're like, this is free money. No one says like this credit (laughs) is tied in your ability to borrow. You're going to be measured against it in society. This will dictate how you can borrow money in the future. It's like making it rain. I'm going to spend this $400. And then you're like, what? I got a bill and now they want me to pay more than $400? You know, this is why I get so passionate about this topic because our main sources of understanding life, relationship, food, and money are not thoroughly taught in any like educational format of any value. It's just like flail along. You don't know how to have a healthy relationship to cash flow. You don't know, you know, how to honor your body with food and you don't know how to have conversations with people. But here, just go and flail and see how you do. It's amazing how they're also correlated too. That's why I love the conversation about relationship to money because for a lot of people, they might have listened to us speak before or they follow you or they follow me or whatever. And they still haven't dug in and done the stuff, you know, the hard stuff. Because when I first had to face I remember you said to me, we were talking about how my experience, and I think this would be especially true for people right now too, is there's a lot of, you know, we we talk a lot about the top 1% and the top 1%, everyone fucking hates the top 1%. Right. If you're in the top 1%, you feel guilty for being in the top 1%. I think I'm not in it, but- Yeah, there's the, a lot of shame in, in that space for sure. So I agree with what you're saying. Keep going. Well, yeah. So then I'm curious because I think there's, too full because my experience was, you know, I grew up knowing wealthy people, having friends whose parents were wealthy, um, having because my dad was in research, we had lots of physician parent friends, their friends were. And so they were always tremendous people. But there was like this underlying message that somehow I learned through through my childhood that like I didn't ever wanted to be wealthy 
because wealthy people were bad or were liars or were whatever. But that was not true in my conscious experience of the wealthy people. I knew they were kind and generous and all the things. But there was a deep belief that that was true. And it usually comes from a moment with whom someone we deeply trust, like a parent says something and our subconscious mind collects that information and makes an automation for us, a neural pathway that we, you know, just continue to think that. And, and what you said is so powerful is that consciously you never actually think that, but it's so quick inside our brain that we're thinking it quickly, you know, as an adult, it's like, no, I actually want to be wealthy. That's what society's taught me. But my inner knowing keeps telling me wealthy people are terrible, even though you don't actually, you know, at a conscious level, believe that. And that's why it could be so hard to find this information and change it. And because we've any type of work around money can be considered shameful for most people. If you have to do money work, you have no money, you are potentially worthless. You know, I have watched with, um, you know, amazing capacity of awe and grace and compassion for humans of all shapes and sizes and bank accounts and feelings to struggle with money. And I think that's the conversation is that just because now you're choosing to do the work doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you want the most out of that relationship. You want to honor your sense of self. And, you know, you and I were recently talking about this as at every stage of life, as you get further along the journey of having a healthy relationship to money, more things pop up that remind you of beliefs that no longer serve you. Like our work around money never ends, just like our relationship, um, you know, and partners never end. And that's not shameful. That's an amazing gift you can give to yourself. Mm, That's so true because in a relational sense, you hear people say like, but I did the work, but I read that book, but I changed, I set a boundary. And it's like, yeah, and keep going. Like that's, it never stops. And I know that's been true for my relationship with money. And I, I mean, it's, you don't work one-on-one with people anymore. So it's a, I feel blessed that I have that opportunity. And that's why I wanted to capture your brain and your mind and your heart and your spirit and create a course with you. Because for me, it was like, I want everyone to experience what I've experienced because it was so freeing. And I was saying before that there's so much projected resentment and anger towards the people who are the most wealthy And for some reason that, and there is justification, of course, for people who are wealthy, who do not consider the planet, who do not consider people, but that's not true of all people who are wealthy. And um, as I've learned too, that, that as you make more income, you just give more, you become a person who has wealth, who has a, who cares, who has a heart, who helps transfer that wealth around instead of holding on to it from the same scarcity that drives the desire for it um, to hoard it because we think there's some limit. And, you know, I remember Alan Watts saying that, you know, during the Great Depression, there was no less money in the world. There was just a different perspective. And I think that that's true today, too, which is not to minimize the struggles with money, but to say, hey, while you're struggling, let's actually take this opportunity to birth that dream, to take that government grant, to take advantage of systems that give us an opportunity to really step into healing our relationship and stepping into our worth because that's ultimately what it is. Yes, like key to this entire conversation is having a sense of self to say like, if I become the wealthy person, I can do it my own way. I can give myself permission to give more, to be more, to create a ripple effect of good. And you and I deconstructed that thought where, you know, the more we we get, you know, we can buy into that thought that rich people are evil, or we have this idea that we have to give, a, we can't give away, we have to hoard, just like you said, but you have permission to do it your own way. And that's the beauty yes. of all of this. You can change how you show up. You get to choose the character that you have, no matter the stage of your life. You bring the integrity, the kindness, the generosity. You bring all that because you bring you. Whether your bank account changes or not, just don't become a shithead if you become wealthy. And don't become a shithead if you lose money. You know, it's like... I think when I started to realize that it doesn't matter your account balance, you know, there's lots of 
dicks who are, don't have any money and there's lots of dicks who have lots of money. It's about not being a dick. Work on not being a dick and actually you'll find that uh, abundance flows more to you in that sense. Money just amplifies who we really are. So if we like allow power. ourselves mm. to just say, hmm, I have a good heart. I believe in all of the good. And if I become wealthy, I still get to decide what that looks like. And wealth is not a number in our bank accounts. You know, wealth is a state of being. And so even if you feel like wealth is too far away, think about what's possible for you now. Like if you want to honor your relationship to money, you know, you can still give, you know, when we're feeling down, that's one of the best ways for us to recalibrate our energy and feel richness is to do something for a friend or give your time to a charity, you know, and it doesn't have to be because we're in the same room. It's just giving energy to that, helping the cause, you know, speaking your truth, giving others permission to eradicate thoughts around money that don't serve us anymore. And wealth is a, is a place of belonging for us all. And we get to redefine that. Mm, wealth is a place of belonging for us all. I think of that as like the collective shared supportive community, you know, in some sense that that when one person in a community does find some level of uh, uh, financial support, that they often share that throughout, you know, and that's why it is a beautiful opportunity for us. And and I don't, the gateways that used to be in the way to having some form of, uh, uh, I want to say notoriety, but I know people see notoriety as a negative thing, but some some form of impact, let's say, influence. I mean, you can have influence just by having a nice butt now, which is really kind of crazy. But the, you know, that you no longer is there like a talent agent who's deciding whether you have uh, a platform. You get to decide right. by showing up transparently. You want to write about something you love. There's going to be someone who loves what you love. And I think it's Seth Godin who said uh, he has a great podcast that is recordings of a free of a weekend that people paid tons of money to get his advice about their businesses. And it's free for anyone listening. Um, and in it, he said, all you need is 100 people who love what you do. You just need 100 people and you can make a career and a life out of it, a very good one. And I've always remembered that because we also then go well, like, well, how am I going to get 600,000 followers? Like, it's easy yeah. for you to say, Mark. And I'm like, I've showed up every fucking day since the day I created my Instagram. I That's the only difference is that, one, I also probably take a little more risk in what I say. And I've been gifted the opportunity to uh, be able to share authentically for the most part. And even that changes um, the definition of authenticity. But I show up and whenever anyone goes like, how do you do what you do? How did you create a platform? I'm like, I show up every day. I show up every day. And m whenever I tell people, this is the exact equation, they're like, yeah, I'll do it for like a couple of weeks. Too you hard. Know? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, you just don't want it. And that's okay. That's a form of self-sabotage is giving up on the things that you know will change your story, both relationally and money-wise. Yeah. And it's also about, you know, what you want to do with what you have. Like we can find stories all day long, but I have had um, clients who have had, you know, followers of a hundred or less and do $20,000 launches because it's the connection that matters. It's having the courage, being brave, taking inspired action, doing the work on the stories. Like everyone says that shouldn't be possible, but because we believe in who we are and what we do, we give permission for other people to do the same. And it's not what we're selling that matters. It's them believing in what's possible for them that matters. So as a business owner, don't find excuses in the amount of followers you have. Like your leaning into the platform is being abundant and saying like, I can share my story and this will resonate for someone is abundant Choosing yes. yourself is abundant. All of those things can go into the I am wealthy tick mark. And you can also reframe it to say like, well, I'm not wealthy. Um, I'm not enough. But bold, inspired action and having, you know, the courage to dive into stories that aren't serving you can turn into epic results. And, you know, that 
it's what I said about us having a client do, you know, a $20,000 launch. I have a hundred examples of that. You know, that's not unique. Everyone can have that if they show up for themselves and, and call in what's possible. Yeah. We're not uh, limited by location, 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 because now we have this global opportunity with social media and, you know, I think of that large inspired action because the large inspired action that shifts the belief about yourself is the same courageous inspired action that is, I love you, I miss you, uh, we're disconnected, yes. um, I don't, this relationship doesn't work, this relationship does work, you know, uh, all of those, this boundary is necessary, all of them perpetuate the cultivation of worth within self, because instead of your response to what I say, determining how I feel about me, it's the very action that I take that determines how I feel about me. And that inspired action, whether you do it from the place of money or from the place of relationship to other, either way, the payoff is a deeper sense and a greater sense of wealth, of self and wealth. And wealth. Yeah. yeah. And and the boundary piece around money is also everything that w- what are we willing to tolerate? And there's like a energy minimum, you know, once we decide we want to have a certain amount in our bank account and we believe that and we continue to do the work around eradicating the stories that don't honor that and our actions showcase it and we keep our boundaries, it happens. You know, it's the same thing we do in our relationship boundaries, you know, in our with our spouses or with our business partners, that work is the same. It's just that the lens and the perception for the medium shifts. Yeah. You and I were talking recently about, um, I was looking to buy a car and we were talking about how I said, you know, I, I found out more information about the car and then I didn't want to buy that car. And I felt one fear that the same car wouldn't come back up and I wouldn't be able to find it. Even though it wasn't what I wanted, it wasn't exactly what I wanted. Um, it would have required work and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to just get like, I wanted it done pre-work. I didn't want to invest more money in it. And I remember telling you, like, I got more information about it. And then I felt guilty uh, wanting to, you know, end the negotiations to say, hey, this isn't actually it. Good luck with your sale. I felt bad saying that. I felt this like sense of guilt come across me before I had that conversation. And I remember talking to you about it and, and us doing more because it's, it wasn't just money work. It was relational work that, that my codependency that we, I think all um, are recovering from in some way uh, seeps in, even in that the relationship to someone that is just being highlighted and magnified by the negotiation of money, but it could and a product, but it could be a negotiation of a boundary or a quest or a need. Or just saying like, no, but this is actually what I desire. And I'm allowed to have what I desire. I don't have to settle that I can trust that what I want is coming my way. And I can honor my own boundaries by saying like, I appreciate your time, but this is not for me. And one of the things that you felt compelled with was like, well, I've gone down this road. I should just get it. And it's like exploring, you know, for everyone listening, exploring where that comes from. Like normally we're not unpacking why we didn't want to buy a car, but this is the work. If there's an emotion that pops up for you, or there's something that doesn't sit well with you, it feels, you know, a little sticky. This is an invitation to explore money work because it's a sense of self. You know, you learning to honor yourself is to understand when you come up against something, how it rubs you and maybe doesn't feel quite right. And then doing the work is, you know, maybe hopping on a call or journaling or whatever with someone who who understands, like you and I did. We got to the bottom of where those feelings were, and it's from a moment in childhood. And as soon as you could understand that belief, you could decide something different. You could understand that you, if you want a car, you're allowed to have a car, and that your conscious brain knew that all the live long day, but your subconscious didn't. Yeah, and I think like random guy on the internet who I'm negotiating with that I feel bad about his feelings. Like it shows you how (laughs) it's so ridiculous, but it's so embedded in the childhood pattern, uh, in the emotional pattern. That you were willing to make a, you know, massive financial decision to not make someone else feel, 
you know. <laughs> Fuck, it's so stupid. But it's <laughs> it not. Is, but it's but so it's pertinent. Not. Like, yeah. this is exactly why we have to talk about this. And I'm so grateful that you're willing to share this because, yeah, of course, it can seem silly, but it's not silly to our inner richness. It could literally be a transaction that you'll you'll do. And I find myself doing it all of the time. Like, this could be in business. Maybe you don't want to you feel this inkling, you're like, maybe I'll just give that to them for free or, you know, and you can still choose to do that, right? Like that is your decision. But if you're doing it at the expense of yourself or you're abandoning your own needs in some way, that's an invitation to heal because that doesn't honor, you know, giving and receiving and having a strong sense of self. Yeah. I think about this and I'm like, you know, when you turn down and you settle right there, right? Like there's the option. I buy the thing and it could be anything that's almost it, but not it because I'm afraid it might not show up and I'm afraid of hurting random guy on the internet's feelings, but anybody's. And so I turn down what I feel I'm worthy of, my trust that it shall arrive. And that means I've got to do it in every area of my life because you can't turn down your sensitivity in one and keep it up in others. Because if you turn it up in others, you got to pay attention to the shit that you just did. And that has been transformative for me because I know that when something small, quote unquote, comes up in a seemingly unimportant transaction to an outsider, that that is the work that I know that that there's work for me there because I'm triggered and I'm taking responsibility for a random guy on the internet's feelings. And healing yourself in the process. And I want to yeah. share a ridiculous story of my own, just just because we're in this space of sharing of silly we're in the stories. Trust tree, right? We're in the yeah. Trust tree. This tree um, just has a lot of branches around the world, and everyone. And sometimes listening. they smack us right up in the face, and we. Oh my god! Them. Do they ever? So I was in high school and I had to bring something for a school event and whoever, you know, the teacher or somebody is like, you need to bring pretzels. And I may have shared Wait, a bit soft of pretzels or dry pretzels, dry pretzels. Like we're talking, you know, small time. Oh, like school. in the bag, in, in the, the bag. bag you know, yeah. I didn't even pretzel. know there was a soft pretzel until I was an adult, but yes, go on. Yeah. Just maybe at the fair, like the camera. Yeah, I think so. Small fair. Um, so anyways, I'm bringing these pretzels and you know, my mother wound is real deep. Um, I got long past with my mom. If you've listened to past podcasts, you would have definitely heard that. Um, I've shared it with Mark before many a times. He's helped me so much. Thank you uh, for helping me work on that. I, I went to my mom. I'm in high school. I'm like, mom, I need these pretzels. She's like, you're on your own, which ultimately is a gift. You know, ha having children honor their own relationship money to money is a gift, but I that's not what she was doing at the time. She just yeah, was yeah. like, go get I don't pretzels. think that was from a space of growth. <laughs> Selena, no. this is for your own good. <laughs> this is a lesson. Definitely not. So I go <laughs> to the store and like, I grew up in the 80s. So like there's limited resources in my small town. Like whatever cash you have is what you're able to buy. So I go into the store. I don't have quite enough for the, you know, brand name pretzels. All I have is the no name pretzels. And I could feel my gut sinking. I'm like, uh oh, I hope this goes over well. Fast forward to the next day, I bring these pretzels to school and I set them, you know, by everyone else's things that they brought, you know, other forms of food. And immediately it starts happening. Kids are like, you're a fucking loser who buys the no-name pretzels. And they were like starting to eat them and then like gagging and, and like spitting them out, you know, behind the teacher, et cetera. And I just remember feeling like hot in my cheeks and sick in my gut. And I was just like, oh, here we go. You know, here we go. Because bullying was a thing in my life at that time. And I just remember thinking like, I'm never going to be no name again. And fast forwarding to the silly part, you know, in adulthood, I remember staring at myself inside my closet and my closet was filled with brand name clothing, Burberry, Labutin, LV, all of the luxury labels. And I remember looking at myself, I was dressed head to toe. My outfit was probably worth $20,000. And I was I like, I look Labutin good. Is. The red bottom shoes. You know? Sure. I mean, so they pretty. sound great. Hot. Um, and I just was like immersed in this closet and wearing these clothes. And I had at this point started doing my work with conscious wealth after I had had lengthy hospital stay and got absolutely, you know, steamrolled by the universe in the messaging to do the work. 
And I remember immediately thinking about that story of looking, you know, into my past and being the kid who brought the no-name pretzels mm. and feeling no-name. And I realized that all of those labels I was wearing, well, I mean, I looked fantastic, was just <laughs> a fucking mask. And that I had made decisions worth probably hundreds of thousands of dollars based on a moment that I was in high school from kids making fun, fun wow. of me so that I, they could, no one ever again could call me no name. And then I realized, whoa, I do not have a healthy relationship with money and luxury items. And to this day, do I like luxury items? Yeah, but I am no longer defined by them. I no longer wake up and have to put mm -hmm. on my mask of luxury brands. And part of my cleanse was to get rid of all of the ones I didn't love and bring me joy. And, and if that resonates with you, great. But if there's other pieces of that story, if you're doing things at the expense of yourself or giving away things too much or you know, feeling like you have to achieve standards that your parents did that you don't feel are feasible. Get back to what do you actually want? Like when we grow up into adulthood, we have this ability to create our own family unit and our own legacy. And all of what we're talking about here doesn't directly have some connection with money, but it is indirectly connected 100%. Oh. Yes. With sense of self. And it's tied some way to money because you could have bought a really expensive car that you didn't actually like. And I spent, you know, hundreds, I, you know, I'd have to add it up, but my guess would be hundreds of thousands <laughs> of dollars based on labels that I didn't even love. It was just because I didn't feel good enough. And how sad that is if we learned that sooner you know, but that's the work. The best thing about money is you could learn that today and change your story tomorrow. I have had clients during, you know, this really uncertain time pay off $25,000 plus worth of debt that they've done, you know, close to six-figure launches because they decided it was possible. They quieted the noise around what other people said they could do. And they just believed fully in themselves and they held space for the possibilities. And that's what you and I really believe in in this work is that if there's an inner knowing, we honor it. And if it doesn't feel aligned, we figure out why and we change it. And that can sound very simple, but that is the work, is it not? Yeah. I mean, in the context of the clients you've had who've done these launches, you know, there's so much noise saying you can't do that right now. You can't do this. And that's true of everything about everything. Like yeah. if you want to not practice a certain belief system, if you want to marry someone your church doesn't agree with, if you want to share an opinion no one likes, it's always about what I believe about me, what I think is more important than what you think about me. And look what it does. The universe celebrates that perspective because it puts truth ahead of everything else. Um, and gosh, your story about the pretzels, you know, I, I think about childhood and I think about how so many people don't realize how traumatic that type of experience is to a child and then how much in high school and then how much that transcends the desire to never want to feel that way again. Your uh, band-aid happened to be money, mm -hmm. but for a lot of people that's marijuana, that's drugs, that's sex, that's uh, anger, that's other coping mechanisms that don't allow them to feel what it feels like to not belong, what it feels like to not be enough because, well, gosh, we, our brains are framed to want to fit in, to want to be loved by the people around us because that determines safety. And belonging and enoughness is about money. You know, it's a, in the energy of money. It's in the beliefs that we have. It's in the safe container that we build for our money. And if used correctly, we can have a really nourishing life. We can decide to never take on debt again. And, and that's literally what it is. It's like, does debt bother you? Okay, well, what do you actually want? And then go ahead and create it. You know, we've never been taught that those things are choices. And sometimes when they feel too far away, it's hard to believe them. But if you're like, no, if I could, you know, get rid of debt, you know, 
$1,000 worth of debt and you can do that. You can get behind it and you can feel that feeling and move your way through it. It's possible. And so you get to be the creator. And a lot of the time, our addictions, like my addiction was workaholism because my enoughness was like, hey guys, look at me. I, I'm 23 and I'm a controller and I have a team of 30 and I'm worthy now. Can't you see it? Like that's what I was shouting from the rooftops. And nobody cares, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, what's your own addiction and some way, shape or form it's rooted to money in belonging in enoughness in safety in holding space. And if that feels uncomfortable for you, reevaluate your relationship with money, make it a meaningful item on your list of relationships you care about. We've been taught that money is for other people, or we don't need to look at it or, you know, that person, that's something that happened to me growing up. There was a family that I deeply admired and they would go to, on trips to Hawaii and they always had more than enough. And I remember thinking, oh, if I was only born into a different family, mm. maybe that would have been possible for me. And, you know, every day I believe that until I didn't. And now I've created, you know, something different. And you can too. Nothing about me is special. I'm a human who believes in showing up for myself. And that is the foundation of this, is that you have to meet yourself where you are. You have to see within yourself and look at the little person within you and say, I've got you. You're not alone. We can do this work together. I think for anyone listening, uh, if you don't know, like previous episodes of the podcast that I've done with Selena, she shared her story that, I mean, her passion and desire to, to learn how to make money and then learn how to heal a relationship with money was born from childhood traumatic experiences with money. And that's what we do, you know, is we, we, I think in a lot of ways, and I think for anyone listening, if you're trying to find your passion or your purpose or where is your zone of genius, um, it's usually what people come to you for naturally. And it's also what you've been through. You know, we become uh, the, we become the teacher we needed and, mm -hmm. Gosh, am I so grateful that you became that teacher because, you know, it's you don't know till you know. And then when you know, you got responsibilities and uh, you certainly packaged it in a way and presented it in a way that was both healing from an emotional perspective and somehow just managed to also be from a from an income perspective, which is really beautiful. Like I think of us sitting down just over a year ago and you flying to my house far too fucking early in the morning. It's like, I'll be there tomorrow at eight. I'm like, that is ridiculous. That means you have to be up at like four. And she's like, yeah, I'll be there. And I was like, never again, woman, never again will you get up that early to fly That's to me. That's why we're so good for each other. You're like, no, <laughs> not happening. I'm like, okay, I'll I'll fly in later next time. But balance, I showed up balance. 8 a.m. We did the thing. Yeah, and you know, we went through like strategy and um creating uh, minimums, like no exception bank balances and product strategies and strategies for business. And all of those came more than true. And what's really interesting in my own experience of, because I was similar to you in that I never, I mean, anyone who hasn't heard, when I was a kid, I got, I wanted this transformer plane and if you have heard this story before, don't worry, it's a good story. I'll tell it <laughs> again. Um, is I wanted this transformer. I think I was like nine. I remember exactly where I was sitting. And I think everyone can relate that your memories that are a little bumpy, that have stuff to process, are usually very viscerally memorable. Um, visually, emotionally, we can, we can really take ourselves back. That's also true of positive emotion, by the way, and positive memories. Um, but I remember sitting there opening my birthday gift and I think it's important to put into context too. Like we didn't get a lot. We didn't have a lot. So when we got something, it was like a real big thing and it was for my birthday and I wanted this plane. And uh, by the way, a friend of mine actually sent me the remake of that plane to say, you finally got it. Yes. Oh my God. Taylor Conroy. Thank you. Shout out to you. Yeah. Isn't that so cool? He heard the podcast and then bought it and sent it to me. I was like, wow, I love you, man. Um, I opened it and it was a GoBot. And for those of you who don't know what a GoBot is, it's the, I want to be a transformer, but I'm not one. And I'm $7 cheaper at the time, uh, which was probably like equivalent to $27 now or 40 bucks. Um, and I remember being so disappointed. And then 
basically my spending habits were really about never allowing myself to feel that sense of disappointment again. And now what's really interesting is sitting in this space of not needing to do that. I don't, I'm not like a brand name pursuer. I really like comfort. <laughs> I'm, but you know, the, to, to trust, because this is true of all things in life, is when you set a standard, as you were saying, of how you want to feel and what you want to achieve, whether that's business-wise or relationally, you will always be tested with something that is almost it, someone that is almost it, that are you willing to bend and break your integrity and your commitment to your standards and your worth in order to be short-term rewarded? Are you willing to do that? And that's why I love this work because relationally, it's true money-wise and it's true human-wise. And so the work that I've done with you has really been transformative. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It has truly been my honor. And what I love so much is everything that I've been in service to you for, I've got back tenfold from you. And this is what I hope for all people is that the relationships and the friendships you have are everything. And if your people aren't supporting you, find other people. And not that long ago, you know, a, a decade ago, as I was cleansing my life, I felt like I wasn't going to find my people that I knew in my soul were there. And I've had the honor of knowing you for over five years now, I think. And I am so grateful that at any point I know I can call you and you'll be there. And I think that is another form of richness that we really mm. need to speak of. And, and to just another thing of about integrity that you said, I've watched you and with such awe because other people in your position may choose differently and that's totally their choice but you always show up with integrity. You're always people first. And um, as much as you want to honor your relationship to money, it's never about the money for you. And as much as you receive, you show up and give. And I'm just so proud of you for that. Mm, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's, uh, it's interesting to be in a space where I think that, you know, the bottom line of all relationships is, will you be there when I need you? And I think about that from a business perspective right now, that so many people's businesses, even though there are obviously businesses that are really struggling and have had to close, and there are other very large businesses that have laid people off who have tons of money in the bank and tons of cash flow, and yet they are not creating security for their employees. And that yes. to me pisses me off that like too. you can't weather the profit storm with your giant amounts of income because you don't want your shareholders to be insulted or to like fear that, oh, they lost a couple bucks on their fucking share. That I'm like, this is everything. Will you be there for people when they need you? And I think that's an environment that we all need to cultivate if we're creating businesses and also just within our relationships. That's ultimately what we're testing each other for too is like, hey, I don't trust that you will. Here's a test. Um, but when we can just have the conversation, which are scary conversations um, about money and about disconnection and about trust, then we actually deal with the truth. And everything else is fucking bullshit and a waste of time. It's all just wound based. It's like, can we hold the truth and can we face it? Because then you could change your life. Yeah. And money is about finding the truth of who you are and going after that relentlessly, not at the expense <sighs> of yourself and not to, you know, create new, you know, limitations for yourself to honor your belonging, to honor your enoughness, to have more than enough. So that can create a ripple effect for others. And just because you've been born into a family who maybe it doesn't make sense, doesn't mean you can't have it and it can feel too far away. So then you, you make sure you can do step one, which is having an awareness, you know, of a relationship leaning into, okay, what am I saying to myself that doesn't make sense? You know, what emotion am I feeling? What belief is beneath that? And how can I change that to something that honors me because I get to choose a new belief system and then going and building a safe container, which is, you know, a, a lot of what we can do. Why budgets don't work is because you're ignoring the emotions and feeling your way through it and just building a system. But your beliefs haven't changed, so the system is not going to work. But if you work on the energy of money and the belief system you have behind it and build the systems, that's a, 
triangle, which is, of course, you know, the strongest formation you can have in the universe. And that's why I love that uh, visual for money. It's all three of those things need to be honored in the process. Mm. And that safe container for yourself can grow along with you. And it's about honoring calling it in. It's about honoring how we choose and it's honoring what we're stepping into and making sure the container honors us along the way, which is what we do as we grow and evolve. We're allowed to change our mind on what the safe container looks like. You know, so in its most basic form, it's just how can you be in integrity with yourself? And knowing that there's some stories in there that aren't your own. And your legacy starts with you. Sheet, I love how it's all the same thing. You know, at the end of the day, each one is just an avenue to healing. And if your rock bottoms in money or it's just a little bit of uh, stress or a struggle or a trigger, it's an invitation to go within and to do the hard things. And all of your relationships will transform because they have to. So as you turn yourself up to 10, everything turns up to 10, which is fucking beautiful. Selena, I love you. Thank you again for coming on and for sharing your wisdom. And thank you for creating with me, for creating a course with me so that we could share this, this magic and this opportunity for everyone to look at this stuff that we don't get taught. This should be taught in every damn school. So if you work in a school, feel free to, uh, bring our course into that school. That sounds like a great plan. Abundance, please. Let's go. Right. I'm so grateful for this course because it takes the very best parts of relationship and then the very best parts of money. And it's it's a way that anyone can understand. It's for everyone. If if you have millions of dollars in the bank and you want to work on techniques on how to call in more, build more systems, or work on some beliefs, it's for you. And if you have no money, if you have negative money, it is for you. It's about belonging. It's about honoring yourself. And What I've loved over the past several years is that, yeah, our work is very similar, but our approaches are different. Our stories are different. And together, I'm just so proud of the information inside this course. I really believe it's transformative. I love that there's this merger of both worlds, that there's this uh, taking of two methods and them making a method baby. And this method baby is is relationship to money and um, making money moves. You know what I'm saying? So thanks again. Where do people find you? Please share. Selena G Money on Instagram. I love helping and humans release their shame around money. I'm sorry. What's your domain too? Selenagray.com. Bam. Selena, S-E-L-I-N-A, Gray, G-R-A-Y. Why? Dot and com. For all the gals who are wanting to really honor their relationship to money and business, Come to my free Facebook group. She's a money boss. We got your back in there. Damn. Yeah. All right, everybody. Have the most fabulous day. Selena, thank you so much for being on here. And I appreciate you. You'll be back soon, I'm sure. Appreciate you too. Love you. Bye. Love you too.